This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. It's the Blood Red podcast, courtesy of the Liverpool Echo. I'm Guy Clark. Welcome along. It's all about Carabao Cup fever as we build up to the Reds' first domestic final in six years. Wembley ready as the Reds prepare for domestic glory. Here to preview the clash with Chelsea, we have our three-man team set to be there for Sunday's showpiece final. Our correspondent, Tool Paul Gorse, the Chief, Ian Doyle, and the O Squires. Gents, I trust you're all well. And, uh, well, Gorse, I'll, I'll throw over to you first. And, well, Cup final week, it's finally come. There was a game in the middle of it all, but all been building towards mm. this moment. Yeah, in a way, um, it's kind of crept up, I think, because, as you say, the Leeds game and the importance of that, that everyone was putting on it. Obviously, the game before that was Norwich, and it's just kind of been tunnel vision a little bit for Liverpool in terms of, you know, Pep Linders mentioned it today in his press conference. He said, we just take take it every game as it comes, and we treat every game like a final, and it's a little bit of a cliche. It's a little bit of a dull, dour sound bites that you it's nothing you haven't heard a million times before, but in terms of Liverpool's perspective, it's probably true, isn't it? Because of the way that they're going at the moment, that you know, don't think they've ever had the opportunity to compete for four trophies as late as this in the season, as we're creeping towards the beginning of March. So uh, Liverpool probably would be feeling to start looking ahead, um, but we we can do that. But with the amount of things that we all have to do as a team. I do think as, the, as though this, this game has kind of crept up. Um, being a, a little bit of a busy week, hasn't it? For me, we were down at the AXA on Monday, Doyle went and you're speaking to Klopp, and we obviously had the, the press conference for the Leeds game, the Leeds game itself, the press conference today with Henderson and Linders, and it has been building, but it's kind of just crept up, I think. But Sunday is the day, and i um, looking forward to getting down to Wembley. Um, us three were there, won't we? And it's going to be a an interesting one. It's going to be a big game. I think it's going to be tight. Not a lot is going to decide it. Um, and we'll see what happens. Doily, how significant a game is it? Mentioned there at the top, first cup final, domestic cup final in six years. It's a, a competition often derided the League Cup, but chance to, to get some first piece of silverware of the season on the board. Well, to be fair, they played five, five finals since then um, and won the league and finished second. So, uh, in that respect, I don't think it's going to make that much difference. But yeah, winning that first uh, that first trophy of the season, obviously they're still in with the the quadruple. If they're going to win it, this is the first one, and this is the first way first time it'll it'll fall down or or it'll continue. So it's a big game either way because say Liverpool win, as Jordan Henderson was speaking at the press conference just now, be a massive you know platform for them for the rest of the season. But if they get beat, you can't have any kind of you know, lingering hangover from it or feel sorry for themselves because within three days of playing Norwich in the FA Cup and six days and then six days after the final, it's West Ham at home in the league and, you know, the back, they have to be back on it and then it's into Milan. So as Gorsley said, it literally has been just a game at a time. And yeah, I mean, that's the thing with the League Cup final. It can kind of sneak up on you because of the, where it's positioned in the season, you know, because, you know, you look at all the other finals tend to be, so you have the FA Cup, the Champions League, Europa League, they're all at the end of the season. So there's a little bit of a gap and you look forward to it. But the League Cup is just bang there. I think that's exactly what Liverpool would want. I think one of the reasons why possibly they went a bit bigger in the in the semi-final against Arsenal in terms... Sorry to bring that up, by the way, Guy. Um, <laughs> but they, but they did you mean after them. postponing the first game? Yeah, so it all yeah. fell nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was it, yeah. Because, you know, 
and Arsenal would never postpone any games just because they were scared of playing a local rival. But um, Liverpool took it very seriously in the semi-final because they knew that was, by then, it was obviously a very big chance to win a trophy. And why wouldn't you? And I think that's why, I know we'll come up to the team a lot later on. I'm pretty sure we'll all pick more or less the same team for the game on, on Sunday. Uh, it is, you know, is it the less of the four trophies? I'd, I know Joe Rimmer's not here. He'd say the FA Cup's lesser, but I wouldn't. But it is the less of the four, but it's the next one. And if you're in it, and you're playing a team like Chelsea, who will go 100% at it? I guarantee you on that, possibly not the goalkeeper. But other than that, you know, they'll go for it. Liverpool will. It's kind of, it's like a, it could easily, this could easily be the Champions League final in May, couldn't it? In, where are we now? Paris, in Paris now. So, you know, that's the size of the game that it is. And it is the second and third teams in the league. And it's the two of the last three European and world champions playing for a final. Yeah, I take your point there on is it the lesser of the, the four. But Theo, I would say it's it's got to be the priority now, hasn't it? At, at this stage, two days out from the final, it's it's the best chance of silverware this season for Liverpool as we stand. They're in the final. Yeah, it's the biggest game of the season so far. When you've got a trophy in front of you, you want to win it. Um, Pep Linders, I think he said in press conferences earlier this season, that Liverpool squad can't consider themselves club legends unless they have those domestic cups to their name. Obviously, he's been very harsh. They've won the Premier League, the Champions League and the Club World Cup. But you get his point. You do need to get that overall package. And when you're in a final, you want to win it. It's almost like unfinished business for Liverpool as well. When you think of they lost on penalties in 2016, they've had a few near misses with semi-finals. Um, it's been a while since they've had domestic cup success. And while it might not be the priority compared to the Premier League or the Champions League, those are the, the trophies that fans crave so much. When you're in it, you want to get it. Like Liverpool is still the joint most successful team in this tournament. And it might seem like a small point now, but with City's uh, record and it recently, they've got levels. So if Liverpool win, they're now outright overall best team in the tournament again. And it's a small score, but it's something that you can hold over them again. And it's another trophy you've got ahead of Manchester United to be the most successful team in England. Uh, gives you a good day at Wembley. You have to win these sorts of games. It's why they're in football. Like, it doesn't matter if it's the League Cup. It's still a final, the same as FA Cup Champions League. If you come in at May, like when the moment we're talking about Liverpool being on course for a quadruple, they could easily fall short in the league, get knocked out of the Champions League, get knocked out of the FA Cup, and this is the only final they've got. So this is the one they've got the best chance of silverware. So you've got to take it. and But then at the same time, They've got the squad where they can balance all this now. Like if you think in the past they haven't been able to balance these honours, they've had to prioritise one or the other. They've had to rush players back from injury to get them in the match day squads just so they can have a bit of quality there. And most of the time it's backfired on them. Or there have been games where they've been in a cup final and they've had a bit of a hangover afterwards. Or when they've actually lost the final, they've then played Chelsea straight after it or Man City straight after it and they've managed to beat them having lost in the final. But now they have got that depth, they have got that winning mentality that they can just beat anyone in front of them. And it doesn't matter how big or small the trophy is, they all want to add to their collection the same way they did when it was the FIFA Club World Cup and people were mocking them saying it's just a Mickey Mouse tournament. Same for the Super Cup. And while they might not have won the Community Shield, they still went into those games wanting to win them. You take any chance you can get via silverware. Yeah, it's the kind of competition, isn't it, that we've spoken about during this, the course of this season that this squad will want to fill up their trophy cabinets and it does offer that opportunity. Of course, I suppose, then with kind of that considered off the back of a 6-0 win in midweek and a squad now that looks so strong and so deep, Liverpool have got to be favourites for this, haven't they? Possibly. Um, I've seen an interesting stat before from Andrew Beasley 
I think he, he said he'd seen it in the Guardian. I think Chelsea have had something like um, six shots on target this calendar year, and, and Liverpool have scored nine goals this week. Um, Liverpool certainly rolling into it as the form team, not just in you know between the two teams, but in the Premier League as a whole. Um, won nine in a row. Um, and are now 10 points clear to Chelsea in the Premier League. And, of course, Chelsea have got that game in hand, haven't been in... Um, was it Qatar again for the, for the Club World Cup? Um, where was it, Dolly? Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi, yeah. Um, but you, you'd have to fancy the bill, wouldn't you? I mean, Chelsea haven't really been, been great for a couple of months now. Um, Liverpool should have seen that game out to Stamford Bridge um, at the turn of January, the 2-0 up and got undone by a worldy from Kovacic and just couldn't see it out through till half-time. And, um, I expect Liverpool to go on the front foot. They don't really change their game plan for whoever they're playing. And I don't think they're going to do that for uh, for Chelsea. But I think that possibly the, the, the big thing is is the midfield. Chelsea, Chelsea midfield seems to do really well against Liverpool's. Uh, and Golo Kante always seems to have a superb game against Liverpool. And I think Henderson and Fabinho struggled at Stamford Bridge. But Henderson's looked good when he's come on lately. He's got a couple of assists to his name in the last couple of games. Um, Fabinho is an automatic pick. And Thiago was back fit. Uh, obviously, he missed that game in January, didn't he? So it'll be interesting to see how that that trio of midfielders, which I, I do think is still Liverpool's best midfield on paper, it'll be interesting to see how that matches up against the Chelsea midfield, where Kovacic might not be 100% fit. Obviously, can't say we expect him to play and, and Jorginho as well. But, yeah, it's going to be a fascinating one. And, and two, you know, really evenly matched teams, really, in terms of the Carabao Cup final. You look at last season, you know, City City won a four years in a row, haven't they, prior to this season, and beating Aston Villa, you know, comfortably against Arsenal, Tottenham last season. So this one will be a little bit more um, of a watchable affair for the neutral. And, uh yeah, as Theo says, Liverpool have got this game in front of them now and uh, you've just got to go and win it. Um, you know, they, they speak about the impact that it can have on the rest of the season um, and it's always kind of seen as a, as a prelude to more um, more fancy trophies, if you like, and Liverpool have still got them all to play for. So if they can kind of get a little bit of a... I think Henderson said to himself in the press conference that they do get the... Um, do add this to the collection on the game clock then that'll give them the perfect boost to go on and you know, it could still be such a uh, historic season, couldn't it? Mm, yeah, definitely. Doily, how big is the inclusion or exclusion of Diogo Jota going to be, do you think? Well, it's big for him. I'm pretty sure he'd want to, uh, he'd want to feature. Having, what is he, he scored against Leicester in the quarterfinals and obviously got two goals against Arsenal. He beat in the semi-final guy, 2-0 uh, at the, the Emirates. <laughs> he scored on both. Um I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Because a couple of weeks ago, you'd have gone, oh, I better be playing. But now, even though Firmino's out, I don't think... I mean, obviously, Liverpool would rather he was available. But the way that Luis Diaz has done since he's he's come in and, and the fact that Sadio Mane, well, for me, he's not as good down the centre as he's down the left. He's certainly the best down the centre of the three players if you've got Diaz, Salah and, and, and Mane. Um, and that, you know, I, I think... I wouldn't be too concerned if Jota wasn't playing, but, but obviously you would rather he was available because he's somebody who's made a massive difference since he's come into Liverpool. As I say, he scored those goals in the League Cup. 
score goals, you know, regularly score big goals as well. And I think there was a stat, I can't remember which game it was recently Liverpool played, where he scored the first goal for about the millionth time. And uh, it basically saying that he scores an awful lot of important goals. And you, you've got between him and um, and Salah, that they are the ones who are the kind of the go-to guys when Liverpool need a goal and an important goal at that. So, yeah, I think for Jota, what was it, nine days ago now that he got the injury into Milan, which, uh, you know, I didn't even spot that he'd gone off at half time until he, until the game started. I'm like, what's, what's Firmino doing there? Um, I think Liverpool have been, I wouldn't say cautiously optimistic, but they've been quite keen not to rule him out from the very start. And I think there's a little bit of game playing going on, probably. You don't want to give, you don't want to give away to Chelsea what your team's going to be. But, you know, it's not that much of a choice. Chelsea will know quite well that it's either going to be Jota or... or it's going to be Diaz probably in that front three, and they'll uh, and they'll move around accordingly. But uh, for Liverpool, if they can have him available, and also actually bear in mind that in the League Cup, was it Origi and Minamino? They've done quite well. I know it was in the earlier round. Well, Minamino scored the equaliser didn't he against against Leicester? So this has been a competition which I'm sure we'll get onto in a bit. Where I think I counted it as 29 different players have played for Liverpool in this competition, and that's not counting Salah, Mane, Thiago. And Diaz, who are all likely to start on uh, on Sunday, so you're going to have 33 different players in what, how many games? Is it five or six? Six games. So if Liverpool do end up getting this over the line and win it, it'll certainly be one of those ones where practically everybody, well, everybody in the first team squad and quite a lot of the youngsters will think, well, actually, I contributed, I contributed to that. So in that way, it could be important for Liverpool because it brings you know the, the academy and the first team together because it's kind of a game, a competition where. They've come through and they've all done their bit, which is, you know, that won't okay, that won't normally happen. In, certainly won't happen in the league. I was about to say it doesn't happen in the Champions League, but obviously Liverpool finished so far ahead. They were able to play a few um, academy players in the last two uh, last two games in the group stage. But I think going back to your original point, Jota, would they want available? Yeah. Is it a massive blow if he's out? Not really, but you would rather he was. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Is it the <clears throat> occasion then, Dio? Oh, 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 Dory said we'll go into it in a bit. We're going to go into it now, I suppose, is the depth of the squad. That, and, and I suppose referencing kind of the, the affection or lack of the neutral fans or most fans seemingly these days have for the League Cup. I'd say I'm not really quite in that camp. It is a competition. It's there to be won. And Liverpool have, have gone through the rounds in which ways they've needed to this year until they've got to the semi-finals, as, as Doyle was saying, and then really taken it seriously and brought the big guns into it. But I suppose if Liverpool are to win, it will kind of maybe add to the affection of winning this tournament in the way in which it has been a full squad mission that has seen this kind of get over the line. You think back to even away at Preston North End, the likes of Harvey Blair playing in that game. There have been so many squad or even academy players, Kai Gordon in the early rounds, Tyler Morton blooded at Norwich City as well, all given their chance to come through and, and help Liverpool in what would what will hopefully be writing some history and getting a, a first domestic trophy for a long while. Kai Gordon is at Arsenal as well. Do you want to remember that one, Guy? It's not just the youngsters, though, is it? Uh, like we said it today, all three goalkeepers have played in this tournament now. And while we know it's going to be Keller in the final, it has been a real team effort the whole way through. Uh, and it has been, I suppose, the transitional period of Liverpool going from playing the youngsters to now having the depth where the youngsters will be playing in London this weekend 
but it won't be at the final. It'll be for the 23s tonight, I think, against Arsenal. I think that's the games tonight. But it's been a reward for them. Like These are the games where you like the youngsters to stake their claim, to get that opportunity. And in previous seasons, we've seen Liverpool go to finals and the fact I have a few of them on the bench because they've not had anyone else. This year, they don't. It might be a little bit harsh on some of them, but at least they can there. They've played their part and they can enjoy their day. And you know there's going to be some senior players that they're not caring about this medal as much. If they're on the bench, they'll just give it to the youngsters anyway, saying, you've deserved this, you've got us here. It's good that we can see at least one of them getting the reward for the cup run in Kelleher. Um, but it also gives them that reward and that feel for it in a future years as well, that you know the League Cup can be this platform to get into the first team or and to stake your claim. You're going to get happy memories of it. And then from a fan's point of view, uh, it might not be the biggest tournament, but for a certain generation, it's the first trophy you remember Liverpool winning. Like that whole spell where they weren't winning the leagues every year. You think you had the League Cup in 95, you had the League Cup in 2001. That's a big period of Liverpool fans who have only known these two trophies. And then the treble came off the back of it. So there is that affection there. And it's one where you want your younger players to be able to state the claim. And it's a fact that you don't really have an issue with them if there's only a couple of them in the team. Like we saw in the first half against Leicester, it was too many youngsters. It didn't work. They needed a bit more experience alongside them. But other games, they've come out of it and they've been flying. Like Connor Bradley's had a good season. He's had a few appearances here and there. We know how highly rated Cade Gordon is. And there's like Owen Beck's there. Harvey Blair's had his opportunity, as you said. And there's just going to be a few more coming through, if not this year, next year. And it's all coming together nicely for that. And the way you look at it, it's one of those where it's a chance for them to write their name into Liverpool history. Uh, they might not all get a medal, but they're all going to get, hopefully, a good day out at Wembley. Can I just say that the variation on a theme there, Theo went in two-footed on the League Cup winner's medal there. I just said, ah, oh, some <laughs> of the players just be like, not interested in this, see ya. So, <laughs> nice, to see that he's, nice to see he's mixing things around a little bit. You well, know, if just... you're James Milner and you've won it, however many times with Man City or however many times he has won it, and you're going to be on the bench, you might come on for five minutes, score a penalty, but then you've got Kay Gordon, who's not probably not even going to be in the squad. You'd give him your medal, wouldn't you? That's the the no. <laughs> Do you know? Has Has Joe, Joe won the League Cup? He joined in 2014 against Sunderland. Yeah, he would have done that. Uh, he might have done 2014. Did they win it? Well, that was kind of one of the points I was going to reference, of course. It was the way in which kind of other members of the squad, Harvey Elliott being one, Adam Lalana as well in the title-winning season, Jurgen Klopp keeping him around during project restart, despite not playing him, saying what a big role he's played. But actually, these guys have played a part in helping Liverpool to the final. And I suppose even, even one of those players who you feel could come in on Sunday and actually play a real big part, who has looked so exciting so far, is Luis Diaz, who has kind of been thrown in in fits and starts away from home. He's now had back-to-back home league starts. You, you do feel as though he, he's getting towards ready for, for real lift-off in his Liverpool career. He does, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, I thought there was a moment against Leeds when he, he absolutely ran past Ailing like he wasn't there and Went through one on one against Meslier, and it was a good save from the keeper. To be fair, he got a good left hand on it, but it was just a moment that just showed what he can bring to the team. You know, he had the space to run into, um, and he nearly punished Leeds for it. He does look like a complete liar, doesn't he? Um, 
loads of little tricks and flicks that Anfield were receptive to as well. And he couldn't couldn't really have made a, a better start. It was Liverpool career. He's been unlucky a few times. He probably could already have three or four goals. Obviously, he took his goal really well against Norwich, but there was a couple of chances against Leicester. Um, obviously, the one I've just referenced there against Leeds. So he could already be looking at you know three or four goals in his Liverpool team, and he's barely got going, has he? And he is a goal scorer. To be fair, I think he'd scored sixteen goals, fourteen or sixteen goals for Porto before he joined Liverpool. Um, that was only in the league. So. Um, yeah, he looks like someone who's going to fit into the side really well. Klopp was speaking on Tuesday about um, he hasn't actually had to tell him that much because what he already does is very much in the Liverpool way of pressing from the front and trying to win the ball back as high as possible. And then with these forward plays, you try not to bog them down with too many instructions, I'd imagine. Um, obviously, if it's a centre midfield there or a centre back or even a full back in the Liverpool system, they're gonna be very specific instructions, but a lot of these players play on instinct, don't they, in the final third. So he's had a superb start to his Liverpool career and one that could um, see him win the League Cup within a month of joining, which seems strange. Um and as Doyle mentioned there about the amount of players that Liverpool have used in the Carabao Cup, it seems strange to think that Harvey Blair was starting up at Preston on that call Wednesday night. And then you're looking at Luis Diaz coming in, potentially making his League Cup debut in the final. And um, I don't even think Mohamed Salah has played the League Cup game for Liverpool, actually. Um, so uh, this is what happens when you get the... He's not played one this season. He played last season. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Alisson so, Becker made his debut, didn't he, in the, the semi-final? In the semi-final, yeah. Um, Trent played his first game in about six years, in it, as well, I think. No, five yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. Five years, yeah. So Fabio, it's, uh, he's not played in it this year either, has he? He'd have got injured before... Yeah, yeah. So it just goes to show you the the weird and wonderful nature of of the competition. Um, I I much prefer it to the FA Cup. Got to be honest, it's uh, they're all night games. They're all players you never really see too often, and there's always one or two absolutely crazy scorelines in the mix. So uh, I'm all for the League Cup, and um, I'll be more for if Liverpool win it on Sunday. I'm all for cup competitions. I'm not ranking what's better than what they're all. They're <laughs> you, all you, you, you gotta take what you can, haven't you? <laughs> Not winning the League Champions League, are they? You guys thought the result in midweek at the Emirates. Come on. I watched that game. Yeah. 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 And and absolutely threw digs in as soon as the full time whistle went. Yeah, I saw that. Um, Right. In terms of the squad, and back on Liverpool yet again. Um, Who? Who? Yeah, yeah, exactly. We we need to keep saying Liverpool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Talk about Arsenal that much. People might be getting confused as to to what team is. No, they're all football fans. They're all football fans. They love the game, the beautiful game. Jumpers yeah. for goalposts, anyway. Yeah, yeah, love love a few rib digs on me as well. But anyway, um, in terms of the, the, the squad and the, the, the makeup... Corner. Yeah, yeah, come on. And, Are we and picking the on your guy? Come on. Yeah, the, the, the makeup of it, and you, you cover a lot of the academy and see a lot of these players yeah. come through, and it has given that opportunity. Theo mentioned before Connor Bradley, but equally you mentioned Trent before Ben Woodburn in this competition as well. It has been somewhere that actually... Pep Linder spoke about it in his press conference around Cleveland Kelleher about how actually he's earned this right to play in the final. And actually this competition isn't just kind of a token gesture of an appearance. It is quite literally a pathway into the first team. Well, yeah, if you look at Kelleher, I mean, I'm pretty sure in saying that his first game for Liverpool was the was it the, the winner MK Dons. Then his next two games were in the League Cup and he conceded five goals against the team you support and then five goals 
against Aston Villa when it was an academy team. So in that sense, you'd think, hang on, this goalkeeper's conceded 10 goals in two games. He must be rubbish. But we all, well, okay, I'll rephrase this. We all know football doesn't work like that. There are some people who do think that, unfortunately, but the majority of people out there don't know that it doesn't work like that. And Kelleher, you know, he's he's proven himself in, in this competition and he's obviously made appearances in the FA Cup and he's he's had a few games in the league. He had a few last season and he's played the Champions League as well. You can't forget that either. I think, did he play twice in the Champions League last season? I think he did, didn't he? Uh, Ajax at home and, and what do you call them, Theo? The team from Denmark? Midgetland. Yeah, you can't say that. Right, anyway. <laughs> yeah. So, so he's played there and... Kelleher, yeah, I've seen him play quite a few times, obviously, over the, the, years, the years of the under-18s and the under-23s. And he's always had, I think, he, you know, both Jordan Henderson and, uh, and Pep, Pep Linders, as, we, as he's known. Um, he, they both mentioned his calmness, and that's something that he's got. I mean, it's an interesting one. I mean, as, as Gorsi said, me, myself and a few of the journalists had the, had the delight of actually being in the same physical room as Jurgen Klopp on Monday. And there's some stuff that's coming on the Echo website tonight were coming from that chat. But he was he was asked about Kelleher and said, look, there's absolutely no chance he's not playing because he's a you know he's a really good goalkeeper. We want him to stay, but he's he's competing against the what we regard as the best goalkeeper in the world. And you know, that's a situation that Liverpool have had in a certain degree with Firmino up front for years. You know, people like people were saying, How can they replace Firmino? They need another striker in. But the striker would come in and know that they probably weren't going to be playing because Firmino was such a an important figure in the team the way they played. And obviously, it, it was, it's taken Jota to do that. And now Diaz has come in and perhaps he's, he's putting Mane under pressure for his position. But Keller's not been brought in. He's been there for years and years and years. And that, that makes it even harder for him because, you know, we know what it's like for... You know, when a, when a new player comes in, there's obviously excitement. But for a youngster coming through the ranks, certainly in this day and age, most of the a lot of the more ardent fans will have watched him play for years. You know, playing for the you know, so they'll know what he's good at, what he's not good at, and they'll they'll always have the kind of that reservation. And I think that's what's been interesting overall with the this run is that you know we saw Kay Gordon being ghosty were at Carrow Road. Uh, when was it September? I think Keller Keller has saved a penalty. At what, I think it was one nil at the time. Pretty sure it was one nil at the time, or even nil. It certainly wasn't two nil. Let's put it that way. It would have would have certainly put Norwich in a good position in the tie. Saved the penalty. Liverpool went on to win. Was it three nil? I think it was three nil in the end. And uh, Conor Bradley came, played well in that game. Kay Gordon played well. Tyler Morton came on at half time in that game for Naby Keita, who banged his foot in the floor while trying to do a what was it a back heel or something stupid or a flip? Yeah, that, that was his tried to play ball with the outside of the foot and kick That's the floor, it, yeah. and then you had to come off. That's it. Yeah. So you know for for. For players like that, it's been invaluable. I know we saw Billy Cometio against Leicester, a bit of a struggle, but you know that's it's. This Liverpool still managed to get through, so it's never going to be held against him. You know what I mean? So that Liverpool were able to turn that one around is actually good for you know Conor Bradley had a difficult evening that time, and Tyler Morton was lucky, probably a bit lucky not to be sent off. And I think these are all little moments that you, you kind of forget when you, if Liverpool do go on and win the trophy. These are moments that have happened in this run and it's all involved these younger players and, you know, Kate Gordon, as Theo said before, he played in that second leg um, at Arsenal, which Liverpool won 2-0 against the Gunners from London. Um, and he played, he, he had a chance, didn't he, to make it uh, to make it 2-0. So, they'll all learn from this. Uh, I think that Kelleher, he's not going to be letting anybody down. None of these youngsters have let anybody down. I do think that it is harder for youngsters these days to come into the team 
and make an impact for all the reasons I've just said that that was very rare that are an unknown quality quantity, which is perhaps made what made the Harvey Blair perform uh, appearance, I should say, against Preston so unusual because he'd been in. He's never played for the 23s. He'd been injured for most of the, for the most of the previous season from the 18. So a lot a lot of people, including myself, had basically hardly ever seen him play, but we'd heard great things about him. You know that. You know he'll always have that. As, even if he doesn't play for Liverpool again, he'll always have that. But I mean, it's very early for him. Anyway, he, you know, we'll we'll find more about him in the next couple of seasons when he makes that step up to the under twenty threes. But the League Cup has become that kind of, you know, ground for helping youngsters. You look what Manchester City did. Phil Foden, Phil Foden, yeah, but even, made, even within Phil Foden within, made loads of appearances. You know, Arsenal have done it as well. Arsenal no, but even, it. even with Liverpool, not even the young players though. You think of someone like Costa Simicas, who last year didn't maybe have well, the best time settling in. This season, you've also got to bear in mind though that they're actually what is it? If the teams in Europe they play third round, fourth round, quarter, they play five games against the final, yeah. don't they? That's it. It's not that many games. If you're a senior professional, like even you may say Minamino or Rigi, yeah, it's great to have the games, but it's not going to make a massive difference to their careers. Whereas if you're a youngster and you get the chance to play for Liverpool's first team, even if it's around a team that you know there's no Salah, there's no Thiago, there's no Mane, we've done all of this. It's still a massive deal because you've still got I agree. the crowd, the opponents. You've still got that kind of prestige of playing for Liverpool, and it's in a and and the other thing, it's in a game where you have to win. It's not like a league game where you could say, "Oh, we drew." You know, you, you yeah, either yeah. win or lose. It's 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 one of those. So it's it's a great breeding ground for them. Yeah, no, I agree. I just think on Simicast, it just maybe is a isolated point regarding a senior player coming in though given he, he did start Robertson, the, he did start the season didn't he because Robertson was injured so he, yeah, he, but he played given Robertson had been so consistent as well he, even within that though even if it's the, the first two rounds he, he's able to kind of yeah I know, I know the point you're trying to make I'm just ignoring it the blood red podcast from the Liverpool Echo Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Theo, what about what about Jurgen Klopp v Thomas Tuchel? I mean, Jurgen Klopp's always kind of claimed there's no real relationship there. From he'd obviously moved on from Mainz by the time Thomas Tuchel did come through. And when I say no relationship, I don't mean there's a bad relationship between them, but kind of there isn't this closeness that maybe we might associate with them being two German coaches. But three meetings between the two since Tuchel has been at Chelsea: one win for Chelsea and, and two draws. I mean, it is a manager that, that does yet. Jurgen Klopp's yet to to have his have his number. Yeah, it makes you really hate playing Chelsea just because you know they're going to be horrible games that you can't call. Where they'll go five man defence, and it's just you have to be your very best to break them down. And Liverpool, since he took over at Chelsea, haven't been at their best. Um, but then they've had the injuries. They've had. Uh, games in the pandemic, this is the first time when they're in such a strong position and they've got all the confidence behind them and Chelsea perhaps aren't in a stronger position. Uh, we'll say Liverpool should have potentially done a double over them this year. They had a half against 10 men at Anfield. They were 2-0 up at Stamford Bridge and they weren't in a stronger position as they are now. So you'd like to think Liverpool have them enough. But then Klopp has had the better of two shell in the past. I think was it his Dortmund side, his PSG side. So he knows what it takes. It's just Chelsea are probably a better squad than two shells had before. Um, yeah, there isn't really much of a relationship between them. I shouldn't assume there is just because they're German. <laughs> it's one of those where you've just got to just take it as on the chin. It's an opposing manager. It doesn't matter if it's Frank Lampard in charge or if it's Thomas Tuchel in charge. You're playing Liverpool, Chelsea. It's not the manager. It's just as long as you get your team out, get the game right and win it. Um, yeah, not really much else you can say about their relationship when there isn't really one there. Yeah, I, think probably, I mean, you're a pro, yeah, we both work at the Echo, but no real 
I've just done a check there on Clough and Tuchel or Tuchel or Tuchel or whatever you want to call him. They played each other 17 times as managers. Tuchel's won three, which would be the one at Chelsea, the one at PSG, and then presumably one when he was at Mainz. I don't know. Right. Okay. Interesting facts and stats there, Doyle. Thank you very much. Uh, oh, that's yeah. Could, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, come on, a bit yeah. more enthusiasm, please, guy. That's I actually right. looked. I looked that up for you. Yeah. No, I'll find out the other where the where the wins were. Don't worry. You do do half a job. It's fine. Obviously, whilst I dig in and find that out, how much from the previous two meetings this season do Liverpool take? As, as Theo said, certainly at Anfield against ten men for kind of 45 minutes not really I suppose much can can be taken from that and again yeah. Stamford Bridge as well was was lively certainly mm-hmm. the, the end of that first half yeah I don't think you can take anything from that game in August Chelsea got the noses in front with a well-worked set piece which they were kind of prolific that weren't they earlier in the season it was their calling card and, and Liverpool have kind of taken that mantle a bit now um they obviously had Reese James sent off in the cusp of half time and then it was just nine men behind the ball wasn't it and Lukaku didn't get anyone near him in the second half and Liverpool couldn't find a way through. Um, and the game is too long ago now anyway. It was, you know, I don't think me and Doyle had a jacket on that day. It was that warm around field, which certainly hasn't been like that in months and months. Uh, but the one in <clears throat> the one in January is probably a bit more um, easier to analyse in terms of how it might match up to Sunday. As I say, I just think the midfield is so important, but this is the first time that Liverpool will go into that game Go into the, the game, a game against Chelsea this season with um, a, a first choice midfield. Um, Harvey Elliott started back in August, didn't he? Uh, but I still think, you know, when push comes to shove, um, if you were playing a final on Sunday, which Liverpool are, then the midfield three is uh, Henderson, Thiago, and Fabinho. And um, I think Liverpool are unbeaten in 18 games, aren't they? That Fabinho and Thiago have started together, and 17 of them have been wins potentially. Um, and I just think since coming back in that game against Cardiff and then coming off the bench here and there, Thiago's just looked, you know, like he's absolutely flying. Probably in his best run of form in Liverpool shirt. Um, although he played well towards the back end of last season in that 10-game unbeaten run, but it was a bit all hands on deck and let's just get through it and get into the top four, wasn't it? Now he's in there with the players who we signed to play alongside Fabinho and Henderson's in there as well, and everyone else is fit as well. So uh, that could be uh, could be where the match is won in, in midfield. And if Liverpool can get the upper hand on Chelsea, then I imagine the front three have got enough about them to, to do damage. I thought Rudiger played really well in January in the left, the left of that back three, but Salah was still able to exploit the gaps that Marcus Alonso left at left wing back. Obviously, Chelsea got no chill well and Reese James, so that's massively... Um, uh, puts them at a disadvantage. Liverpool had no Andy Robertson actually in January, did they? But uh, I imagine he'll, he'll start. And yeah, it's going it's to be a tough like game. They had um, COVID cases as well, wasn't it, Chelsea? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Liverpool. Who was in goal? Who was in goal? No Jurgen Klopp on the top. Yeah, front. no Jurgen Klopp. Yeah, yeah. Was that the one without Fabinho then? Fabinho, Firmino. Yeah, he wasn't there. No, no, Fabinho was. Fabinho, 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 Fabinho was, was just back. And, uh, yeah. Fabinho, Fabinho was just back. Dyke. Fabinho van Dijk had just come back and we're still a bit rugby. So it's gonna be um it's gonna be tight. Um could even end up going for extra time, couldn't it? But uh, uh, yeah, I think um I think Liverpool will fancy themselves to be honest. 
I think I think the only team that Liverpool might even slightly second guess themselves against is Manchester City, and um, yeah, I, I think Liverpool will go go and um, try and take the game to Chelsea. Yeah, I've got you. Yeah, here we go. It's my right? What I can tell you is that Klopp is the manager. He's he's managed against most at seventeen games, and it was it was the Chelsea game and the Dortmund. uh, Sorry, the PSG game, and the other one was for Mainz against Dortmund, one nil in twenty ten. April twenty ten as well. Yeah, yeah. So April the tenth, twenty ten. Yeah. You've got it up as well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the same right. Uh, yeah. You even in the sixth form or anything yet, guy? You'd have still been what, 16 or something back then? Uh, I would have been finishing school, yeah. <laughs> as much as most viewers probably will look at this and enjoy this belief, yeah. I would have Don't say that about yourself. Don't tough paper that. out. Tough paper out. Anyway, um, Doyle, you mentioned earlier that uh, you've had the pleasure of speaking with Jurgen Klopp this week. Yes. Not many have been able to actually speak to him ahead of this game. Pep Linders mm. was the man doing the press conference. Just wonder kind of how much eagerness you kind of felt actually being in the room. Hopefully one day we'll be all back in the, the, the same room, uh, but back in the, the same room, that, that kind of sense of anticipation from him. I'm not sure he was massively eager to share in with me. I'll be perfectly honest. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think on a serious, but there wasn't just me there. There's a few of us. I think it was just nice to actually just, you know, if anybody's been lucky enough just to sit around people, just speak to them normally over the past, you know, we've got over the past, what was it, two years now? Certainly football people. It was just nice to be there. And it was a lot more relaxed than say, whoops, nearly not, not me drink over. Um, a lot more relaxed than it would be on the Zoom. And while we are obviously using a similar kind of device now, I think we're all fair to say that our podcasts are slightly more, oh, this was actually been quite good to be fair. Our podcasts are, are slightly more organic where we're all sat next to each other. You know, I think that's that's reasonable to say that. And it was kind of, it was more, it was very open. I mean, as I say, by now you'll be able to read it on the Echo website. You spoke very well on, on last season. And, and and the relevance of which is that you don't often get a football manager speaking so candidly. He mentions the fact that, you know, by the end of the season, he was absolutely done it. You know, he just said he'd had enough of there being no crowds and even on top of you know, the injuries and, and the poor form from his players and all this, that and the other. And, and that... You know, he repeated that getting over the line was after winning all the trophies was possibly his biggest achievement as Liverpool manager, which I think we've said on the on the podcast ourselves quite a few times. But you comparing that to this season, where I think it came from the question came from James Milner said something in the match day program the other week where he said, yeah, the manager looked as though he'd been a bit not down, ground down. He said, you know, he looked a bit low on energy, which is unusual for a, for somebody like Klopp to be like that. I mean, me and Gorsley, we've, we've we've not seen him in person, but we'd obviously seen him in Zoom quite a lot, and you could kind of of course, you could tell, couldn't you, that there were spells last season where he was just like, he just looked tired, didn't he? And he just seemed a bit, not fed up, but he, he didn't have the same enthusiasm for it. And yeah. you've got to bear in mind as well that he was coping with, like everybody else, the whole coronavirus thing. I mean, he lost his mother, didn't he? So, mm. you know, there was that. The, the one that stands out for me was the Leicester one, when there was some mm. question whether he was actually in tears. Um, and I remember stupid nonsense rumours flying about WhatsApp groups later that night saying Klopp was ready to walk away because the pull right up against it they, they, they weren't playing too well and just been beaten at Leicester in a massive game for the top four and yeah I remember the Leicester one in particular it probably wasn't too long after his, his mother had died actually and I think Alisson's father passed away around the same time and you know for a, such a close-knit group it looked like it was all getting a bit you know really tough wasn't it and the, the, the Leicester one is the one that does stand out yeah 
Yeah, so yeah. He, he mentioned he talks about that in generally, but then obviously compares it to now, and he says that having experienced all of that, like we all did, you know, we've heard me children on this pod enough saying I can't stand going to these games when nobody's there, but you get a greater appreciation of when you do get these atmospheres, and of course Liverpool will walk out up to I think they said Melwood then would walk out of Mel at, at Wembley in front of uh, see it did it again in front of. 33,000, well, there'll at least be at least 33,000 Liverpool fans. I suspect there'll be a few more in the neutral bits and bobs and the hospitality. But, you know, that's the kind of thing that they just didn't have this time last year. Because it was this time last year they were, they were in the middle of that run where they lost six games at home in a row. Can you, can you imagine Liverpool losing six games at home in a row now? Even with that same team, it just wouldn't happen, would it? Wouldn't happen. Not lost home at all after this year. No. So, you know, in fact, it's, it's, I think it's in a couple of days, would be a year since they lost one to Chelsea. In midweek, where it was it Mason Mount scored and the crowd went wild. Oh no, there was nobody there. You know, one so of, one of only three wins for Thomas Tuchel against Jurgen Klopp that game. Yeah, yeah I was seventeen. <laughs> exactly right. Anyway, let's get into our team selector ahead of the uh, trip to Anfield South as Liverpool do look to go in search of a ninth League Cup title. Uh, in goal, I'll be brave. I'm going to think there's going to be a change in goal. Cleveland Kelleher. <laughs> He's going to be between the sticks for this one. Uh, Theo, what's the back four going to be? Trent, Matip, Van Dijk, Robertson. I think it's one where normally you can't predict a Liverpool team because of the strength and depth and the rotation. But for a final, it's still in a position where you can just about. And on paper, that is the strongest back four. So that's what he goes with. Gorst, are you in agreement with that? Matip's goal against Leeds, maybe for definite rubber stamping his place over Ibrahim Kanate. I think so, yeah. Um, the Kelleher one's an interesting one, isn't it? Um, obviously, that's been spoken about at length. Jamie Gallagher says he can't get his head around it. I can see where Jürgen Klopp's coming from in terms of giving the player a reward for his form and there's a bit of a concern that leaving him out would maybe lead to him thinking, well, what am I doing sticking around here for when I can be playing every week somewhere else? Um, there's the argument, just play your best team. So maybe I would start Alisson, but uh, we know that Keller is starting and I think that will be the back four to go with it. Matip and Van Dijk, um, Robertson and Trent. Can we just point out as well that Keller is really good at saving penalties, whereas Alisson is not. OK, well pointed out. Doily? <laughs> what about I'd, go, I'd, I'd go with Keller. I, I think he deserves to play and I think he's good enough to play. I mean, the fact that he played against Chelsea... You know, just last month, wasn't it? I say Stamford Bridge, he had a fair enough decent game. And he think he knows the way that Liverpool play, and he certainly won't be overawed by the fact he's playing Chelsea because it's nothing new to him. Uh, the back four, I think in each each one of the each one of the areas of the team, I think there's one decision to make. I mean, I think we're all going to end up picking the same team, which is a second guess that the other two lads. But I'd go with them. But if there's any call that could be different, it could be Canati for Matip. Is the only thing. Yeah, definitely. Doily, I'll stick with you then for the midfield. What what do you think the three is going to be in there? Well, it's going to be, I think it'll be Fabinho, uh, Thiago and Henderson. Um, The only thing that might change is whether Henderson comes on uh, and they might start with somebody like, I don't know, like Cater, possibly. Okay, Gorsi, what about you for the midfield? Yeah, I think it will be Henderson. I think he'll come back in and start. Um, I think he's looked sharp when he's come on against... um, Leeds and Norwich. Um, Thiago and Fabinho are the shoe-ins for the Pills Strongest 11. OK. Theo, are you completing the set? 
Yeah, same trio. I think I wouldn't be surprised if there was a, a curveball thrown in and maybe you want to do Harvey Elliott just because you get the adrenaline and rush there, youngster in a cup final. But the other three, they've got the experience. Henderson's won the League Cup before. You've got the relationship there between Fabinho and Thiago. Um, it is, on paper, Liverpool's strongest trio and it's the, the one you want to see in an occasion like this. Yeah, I suppose also the point though on Henderson, Doyle was making, that you also want players who are going to come on and affect the game and Henderson's certainly done that in recent weeks, certainly in San Siro, didn't he, against Inter Milan. So I suppose we'll have to, to wait and see. Gorsley then, you lead us with the, the forward three. We know the three for the Echo. What's the three going to be for the Reds? <laughs> yeah, I mean, even if Jota is cleared to play, I don't think he will start. Um, I think he'd be a superb impact shot, wouldn't he, if he can, you know, you're getting 30 minutes out of him or, you know, an, an extra time. Um, so I think it'll be Diaz on the left, Mane on, down the middle and Salah on the right. OK, Doily? Yes. And Theo? Yeah, same trio again. Um, they've had finals in the past where they've had to rush players back from injury and they've been a bit crap, let's be honest. Firmino in Madrid, uh, Lallana, Emery Chan, they came on, they weren't match fit. You could tell they were ineffectual, but that's because the, the lack of depth they had. Now they don't need to risk or rush you Jota back. And you've got five substitutions in this. You can just keep them on the bench and then only use them if you really need to. Liverpool are 3-0 up or something ridiculous like that. You don't even bring him on. You just save him. Can, well, can we say the C-word in the podcast? Yeah, I was going to say, any listeners in Dubai who have since now have not been able to listen to our paragraph. <laughs> uh, Dubai Reds are furious. Yeah, if yes, they write in, I'll be sending them your way, Theo. So, yeah, nice one. Theo, you brought up pen penalties before. Put you on the spot. Who are your five takers? Um, if they're still on the pitch, Salah, Milner. Uh, Milner, Milner comes off. Yeah, he comes on, doesn't yeah. he? You All bring right. Milner on in like the 118th minute just to take a penalty. Right. Okay. It's not like Gareth Southgate where you bring someone on and they'll miss with the first touch. Milner's a pro. Milner scores his penalty. Um, oh, you just set him up there. That's the complete. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's five, isn't it? In League Cup. I remember five being made in the, in the League Cup. Yeah, I, thought was I thought it was three, I'll be honest. Oh, you made me doubt myself now. I thought it was five. I thought it changed after a certain round or something like that. Oh, it must have changed after the quarterfinals, maybe. Yeah, I thought. I think it did. Anyway, Salah, Milner, Mane, because he's confident after Afcon. Jota scored a good one, and then Fabinho. Yeah, four subs were made in the uh, semi-final second leg. Oh, as they were in the, the first leg as well. So we've got to guess. I suppose it'll be five, five substitutes. Right. Okay. We got your uh, your penalty takers there. Well, well taken on. Theo. What about score predictions, Doily? No, don't I get to pick my penalty takers? Oh, if you want. <laughs> <laughs> I thought. I I don't want to pick them anyway because it's not going to penalties. Um, I think Chelsea, I mean, am I, I'm right in saying this. Chelsea have only lost four games all season, haven't they, in all competitions? They're obviously not lost in the League Cup. If they, they got, I think they're lost in the FA Cup either. They got beat by West City twice, West Ham and another game somewhere along the line. Juventus, was it? Juventus beat them 1-0, didn't they? And then they beat them 4-0 at home. So, I, I, having said that, I think Chelsea have been proper jammy for a lot of this season. They, although they played well against Liverpool for... Half of oh. both games. What's happened then? Lights, just lights out for Theo. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I think they've been a little bit chammy. I'll be honest. I mean, the amount. Who's their top scorer? Is it Jorginho with about three? Didn't Mason Mount, maybe. Yeah. Um, I thought Jorginho was on about eight, but five of them were penalties or something like that. Yeah. So it's like they don't. I have as, as, as Gorsty pointed out at the start of the podcast, that stat they don't. 
have many shots and they don't score many goals, which is crazy when you think of the, the attacking players they've got. They've got tons of them, I'll be honest. Oh, um, Theo's, Theo's churning away there on mute, so I can't hear him. Um, Lukaku on 10. Lukaku on 10, thank you, thank you. Theo. Then Jorginho um, on 9. So Lukaku, even though, there you go, he's, he's, he's in a bit of trouble, but he's not really convinced that Chelsea, but he's still scored 10 goals for him. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, in, in short, Liverpool win 2-1. There you go. That was anything but short. <laughs> <laughs> Liverpool win 2-1, and they will not need extra time to do it. Okay, what do you reckon? Yeah, I think it's going to be a day for patience. I think Liverpool might squeeze it um, 1-0. 1-0. And Theo, did you have a prediction or just penalties? Uh, two one extra time Liverpool. Right. Okay. Let's wait and see how it does play out. Of course, there will be plenty of build up, plenty of coverage, plenty of reaction across the Liverpool Echo. These three fine gentlemen will all be at Wembley, typing away, covering the events and going ons as Liverpool do look to win their ninth League Cup title. But from myself, Guy Clark, Ian Doyle, Paul Gorst, and Theo Squires, thanks for your time and your company. It's bye for now. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.